If the lieutenant is indeed a woman, as she claims to be, then, my friend, she is suffering from the worst case of hemorrhoids I have ever seen! That's why Roger Pedactor is dead! He found Captain Winky! Hey, loser! happen to be transsexual ace ventura might forcibly disrobe you in front of others point at your genitals and call you a la who this is spoilers <laughs> just wanted to lay it out there this movie has some problematic parts but we're covering this 1994 film about jim carrey doing an a thousand percent effort impression of a tropical bird that's how i look at it anyway i won trivia last week so this week i got to pick any movie i wanted in the world and i went with my quote gut and chose this one um this movie did when i was in third grade introduce me to jim carrey on the big stage like this and i was just like obsessed with his whole effect like everything about him especially from this movie it's pretty crazy to think about this movie, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all coming out within a year. Like, that is just a blast off for Jim Carrey. But before we blast off the plot of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when to pass it around, introduce everyone in the group. And the question we got tonight is, what is your personal Ray Finkel moment? So you or someone close to you, like, really blew it in the clutch. And it doesn't have to be sports related. Um... I gave you guys this question earlier, so if you interpret it differently, I guess I'd love to hear that too. Let's go west, which is best, to east. Start off with Kylo Ren, Corey, and Simi Valley. Yes, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I was thinking about what you asked. I don't have any like major Ray Finkel big moments obviously because i was never a professional football player or anything like that in fact i'm very unsuccessful but when i was in high school i was in a band and we were doing a live show at the school for the school to see the whole school to see and this show was built up for a long time like there was even like a in-school reward system (laughs) that the teachers put in place where like if you didn't get any demerits or whatever, you get to come see the, sh- the band. Otherwise, you you don't get to go. So, like, there was incentive for people to come see this. It was a big thing. And good God, were we fucking awful. Like, we did not sound <laughs> test this room ever. And I even played one of our songs out of tune. Like, I was in the wrong tuning. And it was just a fucking mess. Like, the vocal, like, the, the mixer in the school, the vocals wouldn't go loud enough. It, it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> I didn't feel very good about it afterwards. What did people say? What was the band name? I don't want to say the band name because I'm pretty sure our music is still out there somewhere. And some of these old recordings might be a little embarrassing. I will say that it's a Lord of the Rings band name. Like, it's something from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh, we'll get that band name and we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, who's next? Pappy, you're all the way in Denver, right? Yeah. This is Pappy. Now we're going to do that. We're going to play that music at the end <laughs> of the episode. So stick around for that. Uh, but this is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, I've been pretty lucky in my career and I had a job for a while. I was like supporting this meeting application and they would sometimes like fly me places to support like large professional meetings. And, uh, I, I got to go to Rome actually. And I, and I was presenting in front of, so it was like a big deal. Like they're flying me out there and everything. And I'm presenting in front of like 
300, I don't want to give away like what industry I'm in, but like 300 like professional, very serious professional people. And I plug in my <laughs> iPhone and I pull up the app and I start showing like the functionality that they're going to need to have for the conference. And my screen gets flooded <laughs> with a text message from my mom. Love you, honey. Have a good day in Rome. XOXOXO. <laughs> and I just like That's panicked. the cutest Ray Finkel ever. And I tried to like X out of it right away. And I was like, oh, see, you can still get text messages while you use the app. It's like a feature. And like none of them <laughs> really laughed. They were all like very serious. I don't know if they spoke English, but that was, that was probably the biggest Ray Finkel moment in my career. Pappy, I thought you were going to say that uh, like the spoilers chat like popped up on your on your phone while you were doing this that would be a disaster oh my <laughs> oh that was <laughs> like what josh did to me in front of my boss oh, no something happened what happened stevie no don't worry about it Oof. stevie you're up next okay i totally misread your question i thought you were saying what sports what? moment led you to almost lose your mind that's um, fair but my Ray Finkel moment happened as a young child. Uh, Pappy and I were very involved in the Catholic Church growing up, and when you're involved <laughs> in the Catholic Church. You have to you have to serve oh, no. pretty much. It's either bringing out the Bible, bringing out the cross, you know, ringing bells. It's it's a it's a whole boy. show. Pap was a pro. I never was. But on my first time serving. I was in charge of bringing out the holy water, and my whole family came to like watch me be a server boy. It's a whole thing. And as I was bringing it out to pour the holy water on the priest's hands, I dropped the glass containing all the holy water, and it just shattered so loud in the middle of service. It, it was rough. I after that, Probably. like I never wanted to be like a good like good at serving at all. It was it was just awful. Father Joe is an asshole too. He was the scariest. Oh, like if you messed like, up, like he was a nice guy, but if you messed up, serving, if you messed up, it was an affront to God. Like it was so like he was he mad at like you. knew I like was about he, he knew I was about to cry. This young, you know, portly eight year old not knowing what he's doing, and um, he so calmly just said, "Go to the back and grab the other one." Like, which made me think like it had happened before, but I'm guessing I'm like a story in the church somewhere. Like, remember that asshole that dropped the holy water? <laughs> so how old you, were you, Stevie, when you were hurting the Bible and hurting God? Uh, I was eight years old when I was affronting God. I'm sorry about that, my man. I, as a as a non-Catholic, how like how much holy water do they do they keep on tap? Like a lot <laughs> on tap. <laughs> When they're out of holy water, they put a little golden. When they're out of holy water, hey, they put a little golden hey. chalice over the tap. Actually, I, I think I'm up. Yeah. And when I played basketball, like I finally was a good player when I was a senior, and in the sectional, so it's like the tournament in Indiana, one loss and you're out. We were playing Penn. It's like towards the end of the game, we were up by like eight. But I was just doing a not a bounce pass, and Adrian, who was our point guard, was getting pressured. I just basically like threw it straight to the guy guarding him, and then in the out of bounds play ensuing to that, I threw it to that like same guy again. And all Pulled of a sudden, water we're boy up, twice. We're up by four now, and I'm just out of the game. <laughs> Pretty devastating. Uh, luckily, we went on to win, so I didn't completely Ray Finkel it. But um, in a in a change to spoilers geography. I think we're going to head up north to Michigan, yeah? 
we're not going east to east. Is Ann Arbor east or west of Fort Wayne? I don't know. I just I just checked it. It's east. Oh, still? I want you to go anyway. I'm sick of bouncing around. Go, Jordan. Oh, go. man. Okay, right. so we're going with two high school sectional <laughs> uh, stories in a row here. Sorry, this is Jordan recording from Ann Arbor. Brother. It's Michigan. First time recording up north. Um, I actually took this the opposite way where I'm more of the Dan Marino figure. And <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. And I, I hope that somebody will bleep out this name, but my mortal enemy <laughs> missed a crucial penalty in a shootout to send us out of the sectionals our senior year. It was pretty devastating. Um, yeah, that's, that's the moment, I guess. <laughs> Brett, your mic's plugged back in. You're good to go. Uh, you're not too shook from the opening spoiler. How's it going, man? It's going fine. Uh, it's is hard because I'm like borderline perfect in everything. Um, Agreed. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I don't know. Uh, I guess since Corey said a really embarrassing one, I'll say a really embarrassing one. Like I was always good at sports. I was always one of the better players on the team. But for like a week in fifth or sixth grade. I got confused on the opening tip-off of which way we were supposed to go. I don't. It's never happened before. It never happened after. But a tip-off came to me. I got the ball, and I ran the other way for a wide-open layup. I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah." It was on. It was on my basket, and we ended up losing by four. Uh, I'm sure I had a good game, but uh, yeah, that was really embarrassing. I felt really bad for my parents. Bad for your parents. This is another affront to your parents and God. All of these stories. <laughs> it's an affront, God, Brett. The basketball gods. Okay. Well, let's get into Ace Ventura. Uh, I'm glad you got to know all of us so personally so quick. But um, a lot of the movies we really like on this podcast have a great opening, cold open action scene. Drive is one of them that we throw out there a lot. Pappy. What are some of the other ones that we really like? And maybe get us started on the cold intro of this movie. Uh, Indiana Jones is one that comes to mind. Heat, um, Heat is another good one. Uh, this is right up there. You have uh, Jim Carrey as an HDS man uh, delivering a package. And I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. So I was kind of, I thought it was a scam that he was running. Uh, and it turns out it is. Uh, <laughs> He's delivering this, he's beating the shit out of this package. And right away, you kind of get the sense that Jim Carrey is kind of like an annoying guy. Like, I almost kind of get some like, it's Pat's vibe off of him, right? Like, he's just totally oblivious of like, or he's either a troll or he's totally oblivious of like what his actions do to other people. But he's there to kidnap and rescue a dog with a switcheroo move with a stuffed dog. Uh, that's pretty much it, right? He has kind of a jerk. To a lot of people, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bad dude. <laughs> I mean, like, he seems like he's almost on the spectrum, right? Like, for Gets real. It's a job he, done, man. Is it? Because it's one of two things. Is he a troll or is he just, like, oblivious to what he's doing? Because he, is he, like, just, like, messing th- with everybody? I think it's a little I think both. the writers, I think the writers and Tom Shadiak are maybe aware of that. And so, like, also in this opening scene, you get weird. You hardly can, like, relate to him ace but then you also see that uh women are very ingratiated to him right brett yeah i would yeah i guess (laughs) 
I mean, there's... Well, there's a scene where, like... In, in... There's three attractive women in the movie, and they all like Ace at some point. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, like, in this first one, he gets that dog, he takes it back to the owner, and instead of taking his payment, he takes a oral fellation or something. Um, <laughs> a fellation? Brett, I really was. did want to go with you with the next question, though, because me and you have been terrible renters in the past together way back in the day so what is brett's home or what is ace's home life like and like what is his rental situation and it all plays into like he doesn't have cash on hand right now right yeah he's got a beast he tells the super that he is chasing what an albino pigeon and it's worth 25 grand and he promises to give him that and he's also somewhat in violation of the no animals policy uh, I think he's got about 60 illegal animals in his house. Uh, Can we list some of those off? Just everyone. Just start throwing them out. What do we penguins? got Penguins? Mr. Popper's penguins. Basset hound. <laughs> Raccoon. Uh, Otter. Par- I saw a squirrel, I think. Squirrel, parrot. Monkey. Oh, yeah. He's got the monkey, which he carries over to the sequel. The little monkey. Spike, I think it's called. <laughs> plays a bigger role in the second one in that opening scene. Uh, he gets more character development, yeah. Like an iguana. Much more of an asshole in the second one. Iguana. Parrot. There's a couple of shots where it's kind of impressive how many animals they actually got in the same room as Jim Carrey. But, Brett, you can go on here. With, with oh, uh, that's kind of the renting thing. I mean, he's got all these animals there, and he, uh, the they're, they apparently they're very well trained. I mean, that kind of goes with what Ace says during the movie. He's got a kinship with them. He understands them. They understand him. Like you were talking earlier about, is he just like a dick or is he, I think he just doesn't get humans really. Uh, and they don't really get him. Mm-hmm. So uh, they all listen to him. They hide. They know, how, they know how to hide and be quiet and everything like that. So he's kind of like... His landlord this- is the legendary... <laughs> Mark Margolis, from, the guy from Breaking Bad, like in the, in the wheelchair, the little thing. <laughs> oh, that's him. I know from Scar- Scarface. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought awesome. he looked familiar, yeah. I heard animals in there, Venture. I heard them again this morning, scratching around. I never bring my work home with me, sir. Oh, yeah? What's all this pet food for? Fiber. This movie was so impressionable on me as a kid. I got a list of quotes later I'm going to read that are like everything that I just have inside of me burning. But one of the things (laughs) that's not a quote that happens here is when he's doing that signal to his animals where he's like shaking his key Mm -hmm. in the lock. Like I've shaken my key in the lock like that thousands of times in my life and I don't even have like pets or anything. Um, That's subtle. Just for yourself or like (laughs) so someone else would get the reference. In all different contexts, Corey. <laughs> Want to take a look inside? Come on. Come on! Go ahead. Snoop around. So, Ace Ventura, a pet detective, he needs to get like an actual real gig here besides the rhino and i wish mikey was on the pod because i was gonna toss to him for like heist details but i think we can maybe go to Corey instead like 
what happens here at the Miami Dolphins facility that kind of kicks off the main plot of this movie? Well, the main plot of the movie is that the Miami Dolphins like mascot, which is a real dolphin that they've trained to like kick little field goals, gets kidnapped. So there's some, you know, faceless goons come in and uh, someone's behind the scenes. We don't ever see their face, but it definitely looks like a man based on the way their hands look. She had man hands. <laughs> Total man hands. And uh, Snowflake the dolphin is, is abducted by this group. And for some reason, the ringleader, who's not actually involved in, like, carrying by hand the dolphin off, so has to go in there, <laughs> dip their hand in the water for There's a little bit. <laughs> ringleader, that's good. <laughs> the ring bearer. <laughs> well, kind of before we get to Ace's clue and what sets him on his way, like, I think we've seen Ace be cocky and weird in several situations now. His home life, now his work life, and even a little bit his romantic life. Stevie... Got my first Stevie question for you tonight. Oh boy, what is up? Ace is not a character with like an arc. He's definitely fully formed right when we see him. 100%. What event? What events led in his life led up to the Ace we see on film here? Like, what happened to this guy? Well, <laughs> I have to imagine he was an outcast in school. Um, and I have to imagine that uh, really his only friends growing up and even in his adult life were animals. I have to imagine even zookeepers hated him. So <laughs> uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe a little dark. He had an alcoholic father that was a zookeeper. And so when he couldn't actually connect that bond with humans when he was at his dad's work, he connected with the animals. It's canon. That's it. That's canon right there, if I tell you. <laughs> but I think, I was talking about this with Pap earlier. I mean, to ramble. Um, I don't think the beginning of the movie was the true, like, intentioned beginning of the movie at all. I think the movie was supposed to start with the dolphin heist. And it kind of starts, like, from there on saying, like, you know, I got a pet detective. Who is Ace Ventura? Because when he sees that pigeon on the roof when he falls from 30 feet... It's like an establishing shot, and it's kind of also like a tone setter for who this character is. So it's really strange to like see the like the beginning we got, and then go to these scenes here. Like it's almost two false starts or something like that. Yeah, I think the actual start is like who's Ace Ventura is when he's on the roof, like cooing, like at the uh, at the bird. <laughs> well, it's a classic IMDb fact that Rick Moranis was the first choice and then that Jim Carrey did a lot of writing in terms of the joke so it's definitely an iterative process like I wonder if like the Dolph or the the pigeon thing was the Rick Moranis opening then they added a, a more Jim Carrey physical comedy bit that could be. with the delivering of the package I can't see Rick Moranis pulling off his good soccer moves <laughs> just doesn't have the moves man <laughs> well let's kick it back over to Corey because someone steals the dolphin but Ace gets his first big clue here. Ace's first big clue? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's hired by Courtney Cox, who plays Melissa, and uh, Roger Pedactor, some other guy. Um, they're responsible for figuring out what happened to... Some dude. Some fucking rando that dies because uh, he finds Captain Winky. <laughs> uh, so they hire Ace. Ace comes and checks out the scene of the crime looks at Dolphin's uh, tank and checks, like, the filter. He's, he's doing a lot of, like, fucking around, like Jim Carrey fucking around. <laughs> like, he's doing a ton of Star Trek impressions, like old 60s Star Trek. 
like just to himself for his own amusement. Like he's not doing it to entertain them. He just does <laughs> shit like that. I assume all the time. Anyway, he eventually finds what? the big clue. Corey, do you? Sorry, Corey, do you find that funny? Because I know you're not a big comedy guy, but I know you're a big Star Trek guy. So I was wondering how you felt about it. No, no, not particularly. <laughs> That's just, just worn out, bro. Like, was it worn out in 1994? I think it is. I, it's int- hard to put myself back. I, this uh, Here's the thing with this movie, man. I did watch it a lot, but like it did not age well. So I was comparing this in my mind with Office Space, which we did recently. And like how funny that movie still is. And to me at this point seems timeless, but this shit did not age well. Like none of it's funny to me. So well, that, that part is Corey's no, yes or not no. funny to me. Well, maybe compare it to compare it to uh, like it's Pat next time you go into it. And then you'll give it a huge yes. <laughs> like you got to size up what you're measuring it against. Well, I'm kind man. of obsessed with it's Pat. Remember, I'm Charles Rocket. So yeah, got to keep that in mind. A lot of similarities between its Pat and Ace Ventura, but one of the things I really like that we see here, coupled with Jim Carrey's humor, is some of these really wide-angle lenses. And a good example of that is when there's a camera like in the corner of a tank, and Ace Ventura's face is like right up in it, like looking from left to right, swaying. It's kind of like Bruce Campbell-looking stuff. I really like that look when it is paired with comedy, so I like that a lot. Anyway, moving on, um, his big first clue is that there's like this diamond out of a Super Bowl ring, um, and he's like kind of meditating on that for a while, but his everything kind of hits up snag. There's this big thing about, is it a mur- murder or a suicide, and like, how does this have to do Roger with the whole Pedactor? plot? Yeah, so Roger there's a, a suicide is what they uh, originally say it is, and they're all at this apartment. Uh, big apartment or hotel or something really nice and everyone says it's suicide but Ace figures out uh, A, he sees some blood and then uh, Einhorn makes like such a no-no with police uh, procedure but apparently she, I guess it makes sense she like touches the blood which is just terrible um, I mean that's just <laughs> awful does. that's like first day of police um and then he finds out that the glass is like soundproof and that <laughs> it was locked from the inside, so uh, there's no way that he could have killed himself uh, because a neighbor heard him scream. But if he was outside and the door was shut, she wouldn't have heard him. So all of a sudden, it's a murder, and everyone ha- kind of has to believe him. I mean, it's a it's a pretty open and shut case. They got a real secure oh, crime scene oh, there. There's gosh. like 45 people just standing around, touching blood. It's wild. terrible. I actually really like Jim Carrey in this movie when he's being a good detective. Like, yes. there's this scene, and then later in the movie when he's like interviewing uh, Ray Finkelstein's <laughs> parents or whatever. Like, when he or when he's like in the moment doing things, he's like I, I feel like he's very entertaining. Like, he's not too over the top, but his mannerisms are enough to like keep you really engaged with the the mystery as mm-hmm. it's unfolding yeah i think i may have skipped over it a little bit but like in his quest because like his whole ring theory doesn't seem to pan out here for a long time like roger it all co- kind of culminates with roger predactor's murder i think but like he cannot seem to figure out like where this ring came from and i'm not sure why he's so bent on thinking it's a super bowl ring but um, 
Stevie, what are some of the things Ace does to each end? Indiv- <laughs> like he's got to go one by one through these players to see if their ring's missing the gem, right? Yeah. So we get the road rage incident, which is, I mean, that's just dangerous <laughs> as hell looking at binoculars when you're driving on a freeway. And then you get middle ring. <laughs> yep, middle finger one. Yeah, Check. you get you get the middle finger one. You get the arm wrestling. Um, the more borderline creepy one was how effective Ace was at knocking somebody out with a with a rag while they're running. Oh, um, chloroforming a track chloroforming runner. a person <laughs> like literally a prime athlete while they're running. Um, the one that I mean. Then you have the urinal one. Did not age well. Did not age well. Um, Shower. What other ones am I missing? Did I say the arm wrestling one already? He gets... he gets oh, punched yeah. in the head he and he does like, do he yeah. does the shower forehead one hour for some reason that, it has to be in the, the shower autograph <laughs> whips a guy's ass i mean i don't understand why it's so hard to say hey you know i was a big fan can i see your ring well if he's the mur- <laughs> I, I, if he's the murderer I, I don't know maybe yeah you're right i guess he could have just done that but i mean any of these would just would have been like because a, a, a smart murderer would be like oh i lost it on my ring i gotta put it away well, Brett actually was about to say the most benign of all of them, and he just like pretend he's a pimply teenager and gets autographs. <laughs> like, dude, that's the way to go, not hurting anybody. Not chloroforming people that could kill you. <laughs> the only one we missed. He's just sitting in a mailbox? Yes, that's, that's my one, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Looney Tunes, he's hiding in a <laughs> mailbox. It's so fucking stupid, though. It's not a Super Bowl ring. It's an AFC championship <laughs> ring that these people are wearing in the shower while they work out. What the hell? What? That doesn't even make any sense. Even a billionaire. While, while they kidnap dolphins. It's so dumb. Hey, Pappy, how many AFC championship has you won? I, I wouldn't. What, what, do they even give those out? <laughs> Would you wear a memory of your the most tragic Super Bowl loss of all time constantly? Well, do do players even wear these championship rings? Or don't they just put them like in a trophy room? Oh no, they wear them in the shower all the time. <laughs> my, my brother, or, or my brother had track. one, and he, he wore he wore it for a little bit, uh, like a year or two, but they stopped doing that. Oh, what NFL team did he play? Guys for? wear like their high school class rings. <laughs> he didn't play for. He got a conference championship for uh, college. Oh shit! Not bad. <laughs> so there is a certain segment of people that do wear these type of things forever. I would guess, and they have just kind of said for plot purposes that that just happens to be every Miami Dolphin from this team. <laughs> they made a that Especially when they're committing heists. Yeah, Even to the point where a billionaire landowner is also wearing the AFC championship ring at his party. <laughs> uh, let's please not forget that scene. Jordan, briefly just take us through the scene because it has some parts that I thought were really funny when I was nine. Uh, yeah, I mean... Ace goes to, uh, what's his name, Robert Camp? He goes to like a, his party with um, Melissa, who's the Dolphins like staffer person. Um, and he has Melissa basically distract Robert, who seems really into her. And he sneaks out through the bathroom, locks the door, and manages to like almost get eaten by a shark. And I don't think he really finds much of anything in all of his adventures until the very end of the night when he like steals a quick glance at robert camp's hand am i wrong there no at the end of the party he like (laughs) grabs his whole arm and like do you remember that with camp like awkwardly pulling away from him and he also has a cane and he's so mad but staying dignified (laughs) i I got 
two things real quick. One is that's what Udo Kier, Udo whatever, Kier. Three, movie cl- three movie club. Mm-hmm. He's in the uh, worst part of Suspiria where he's the one who does the exposition dump. When she but he's not even really talking, right? Isn't he like getting yeah. dubbed? Basically, yeah. And also, uh, I, I know quite a bit about sharks. And if that tank looked this, as small as it did, and that's a great white, that shark is just freaking not going to just, it's just awful. Like, you mean it's, it's like inhumane? Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's got to swim to live. And just swimming in a tight circle like that? Yeah, that'd Getting be bad. real dizzy. <laughs> you don't know how deep that tank goes. Tank's, tank's I, deep. I couldn't remember it's, what happened in this still... part. I had figured that like Ace was going to somehow end up like in the tank behind the party or something like that. I was hoping for that. I think Udo Kier is probably my favorite bit of this whole movie. I just... I don't know. He He's not like funny, but I just like him. Like, he's like concerned and bewildered facial expressions when like ace is talking to him like i don't know he just does it perfectly well we kind of get into what you're talking about too Corey. where ace ventura tends to do a lot of things that uh entertain himself which is a really weird character choice for jim carrey to make but like he does the mission impossible moves (laughs) completely unnecessarily like all the way to this tank um, so we get a quick Mission Possible reference, and then I don't know, Pappy. Did you enjoy the Jaws shout out at all here? Did you did you take anything like positive? Possible. I like the Mission Impossible stuff more than the Jaws reference. Like the music <laughs> plays, and it is some pretty great. Like I said, he's a master of physical comedy, and his energy level is just at an eleven. It reminded me a lot. I just happened to watch Aladdin the night before I watched this, and it reminded me a lot of like Robin Williams's performance in that, where he's just like. His energy is just driving the movie forward and carrying every part of the movie. I, I, so I thought that was cool. And then the when he comes out of the bathroom and like don't go in there, that's like a pretty classic line, right? That's like a meme. Yeah, that's almost. like the big trailer moment from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And this movie is only eighty six mo- minutes too. So if they like cut out him walking for three minutes, it's an eighty three <laughs> minute movie. <laughs> <laughs> But kind of, but can we talk about that now? Isn't there like a deleted scene or alternate cuts or something? We had a group thread discussion. Yeah. So after he checks out the tank, which is the scene that I was describing earlier, um, my VHS copy and a few of us apparently had a moment where he comes out and he talks to the press. And I think he's... Okay, okay, okay. That's it. He's, what is he doing? A German thing, Brett? <laughs> yeah, German because his name's like Heinz or Crowns or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember that being, like, one of the highlights of the movie for me as a kid. Who the hell is that? That's, a uh... Heinz gets velvet! I am trainer of dolphins! You want to talk to the dolphin? You talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I am with Siegfried. We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger, and the stomping in the pants, and I'm gone. Where is Snowflake? Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? To train the dolphin, you must think like the dolphin. You must be getting inside the dolphin's head and communicating. I'm saying to Snowflake, It's strange that like the Netflix and I guess DVD doesn't have it. Pappy, you were saying you like looked it up. It's not on the DVD. 
it wasn't in the original theatrical cut. It was on the VHS, and then it's not on the Blu-ray. So go figure. I don't have any details on why those decisions were made. Probably to sell more copies of Ace Ventura <laughs> to people. <laughs> There's like a longer cut. There's like a cut scene, and you can actually. This is like the only one I could actually tell. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but at the beginning, when he's at the Cannibal Corpse concert, to me, there's obviously a cut scene when he like gets thrown into the little basement area, and he's like, gee, thanks. I think I remember them being a longer Cannibal Corpse scene, and mercifully, <laughs> they cut that, because Cannibal Corpse is the freaking worst band of all time. No. I, I do like that moment, too, when you just have to, like, your mind fills in the gap why someone might throw Ace Ventura into a wall. Like, I get it. Then bro. you watch, like, ten more minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Wait, I think there's a... I think he tries to mosh, is what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the scene... When they... Actually, if you watch it on TV, uh, a lot of the deleted scenes are on there, and I remember my brother had a bet with someone once because he was, like, talking about a scene later in a bar... My brother's like, that's not in the movie. He's like, oh, I promise it is. And he's like, that's, yeah, and it's a cut scene. And it's super jarring when you watch it on TV because it's all these cut scenes that, like, someone like me or Corey or Josh who grew up watching this, we'd never seen before. And, and it's also an 85-minute movie. so weird. It's also just jarring because it's Cannibal Corpse. And apparently <laughs> Jim Carrey was really adamant that they at least be shown and heard, at least to some extent. Like, I think they wanted to cut even more of this out. But <laughs> It is like, strange to see, like, a band like that in a movie like this. Definitely strange. Corey, Corey was your band better than that? <laughs> uh that day no i don't think so <laughs> Corey. this is very much again like it's pat though like a weird real life artist like ween in it's pat cannibal corpse in this it's just bizarre but but we determined that ween is the greatest band of all time on the right. it's pat podcast yeah, yeah. shout and out to ed from yogis <laughs> we were talking about things that like this movie has like stuck with us one of the things that has been with me my whole life is when someone says New England clam chowder, I say, is that the red or the white? <laughs> and that character who asked that is Greg Woodstock. And I like him. Yeah, I like that scene because I think, like Pappy said, it's kind of Ace being a detective. And I thought it was kind of interesting for you Catholic people. He calls, Greg calls <laughs> oh Ace Ventura St. Francis, Francis. And that's actually the patron saint of animals. And then they call each other Mandingo and Mana Manoshevitz after that? Man Mangina. N no. But anyway, <laughs> I researched and Googled those terms and could find nothing. So if anyone wants to write in, tell me what the heck they're talking about after the St. Francis comment. Hey, St. Francis, how's it going? Super, and thank you for asking. I hope you're having a lovely day. Do you? Don't I? So what are you up to, Mandinga? Just watching the fishes, man, old Shevitz. I What I like about that little interaction is that they seem to, like that's Ace Ventura's like match, like his equal. No one else yeah. really is his equal in his mind, at least in that way. And I feel like that guy is, or maybe like a mentor figure in a way. I don't know. That would have been a great plot twist if he was Ray Finkel. <laughs> or just the bad guy. Oh, God, broke his heart. New England clam chowder. What's the other term, Josh? Mandingo and what? Manoshevitz. Oh, that's a wine, right? It's a Jewish wine? Manoshevitz? 
By the way, but what would be the significance of him calling him that? Like, I couldn't find anything that makes sense. I should say. Well, I found Brett. Just leave it for a call to action to the audience. Let them write in and tell us. So what are you up to, man, Dinga? Just watching the fishies, man, old Shevitz. So if anyone can uh, find Mandingo or Manoshevitz, could we perhaps maybe send them a coffee mug or something like that? Yeah, they could probably do that. At least a free letterbox prime or whatever we still have to give away. I don't away. think we're going to be able to give so. that away now. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost our sponsorship with <laughs> long ago. Well, okay, so we're, we, we rewound back to Greg Woodstock, who led Ace to Camp's party, who led Ace to blah, 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 and eventually we get like a really key scene in the movie, and Stevie going to toss it to you to the, for this one, but Ace finally finds out that there's someone else added to the team mid-season. Yeah, so... He's all out of answers. He's in a point of despair. He has no idea where this case is leading, where it's not. Time is running out. And from way too far away, does he pinpoint a a person on a poster that no one could see from where he was at. But we come to find out that they added a kicker named Ray Finkel. And... Ray Finkel was not in the team photo because he was added midseason, like you said. And um, this also didn't age well, but Ace learns that, uh, pretty much learns where um, Ray Finkel's parents are in the armpit of Florida. And that's where it takes (laughs) us next. (laughs) Well, what is that hometown and the aesthetic? And there's a few deleted scenes that actually take place in this town, but Uh, fill us in on what it's like there. Uh, home of Ray Stinkle. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just seems kind of one of those forgotten towns that they used to have a plant and the plant shut down and everything went to the wayside, but Ray, Pink- Ray Finkel's parents never left because uh, his mom thought he was coming home at any moment. But one thing I always tried to do growing up when um, Ray's dad pulls the shotgun, I always tried to do that speech as a kid, and I could never just get it quite right. Like, that's as far as, like, my Ace Ventura quoting went. Can you give it a try now for us? No, but what, in my in my youth, <laughs> I could probably get it close. Well, I'll what is it in. like? At least start it, and then I'll play the clip. <sighs> he does a... <sighs> and that's all I got for you. What do you know about Ray Finkel? Soccer-style kicker. Graduated from Collier High, June 1976. Stetson University Honors graduate, class of 1980. Holds two NCAA Division I records, one for most points in a season, one for distance. Former nickname, The Mule, the first and only pro athlete ever to come out of Collier County and one hell of a model American. (laughs) Soccer-style kicker. (laughs) I could still do my rock speech, but, you know. Can we get the rock speech? No, no, no. Wait, Stevie, what didn't age well about this part? I love this part. This is, might be my favorite part of the whole movie. Well, it's just kind of linking mental health to becoming uh, transgender, transsexual. Like, if you lose your oh, mind, this is what's going to happen to you. That kind of thing. That's what didn't age well, Pap. There's also some that's, casual dementia with the grandma yeah. that's played for laughs. L- well, I don't have a problem. That's definitely down the road for when he finds that out. He has no clue here yeah. for that part. This is like, he's just like when he goes in the room. Then the room is just like 
laces out, painted everywhere Die, Dan, blood. die. Die, Dan. He's, <laughs> he's quite the sportsman, isn't he? To movie club. <laughs> what else was she in? Ghostbusters. Oh, duh. Oh, of course, nice. yeah. opening scene. Yep. Great cold open in that movie. Oh, yeah. So, so Jordan, uh, Ace meets the parents, and they're, like, sweet but on edge because, like, the villagers still remember the Super Bowl and hate <laughs> Ray Finkel, villagers. and they've had a lot of death threats, but the Ace poses. People. Again, Ace kind of poses as, like, a boy who just is obsessed with Ray Finkel, and he goes up to his room. He plugs in this display, and he plays a movie, and I guess I want to toss it to you to, to, to explain to maybe a non-sports person, like, what actually happened to Ray Finkel in the game? Um, the Dolphins were losing by two points towards the end of the game, and he misses. I think they say it's like a 26-yard field goal, Something which that. is Chip for all you non-sports people, very short. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel like very much of a sports person when I had to like actually think about this. Like, wait, did, this didn't actually happen, right? No. And, yeah. My young um, self thought it was a true story. I, I did too, um, <laughs> my young self yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's true in one of the source code dimensions. Five seconds to go here in Super Bowl 17. Dolphins trailing the 49ers by one. This will win the game for Miami. There's the snap. Marino holds the kick. But yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty brutal and obviously like the whole city hates him and then like even even after the tape stops, like the mom is like, Laces out <laughs> <laughs> And what's that whole thing about? What does laces out mean? Like why? It, what I, I'm not a football yeah, guy. You, man. Uh, if the laces are uh in uh it's you don't you don't get as flush of a kick on the ball. I mean it's if you see like a kick in an NFL or college game that's shanked Honestly, if you look at the replay, a lot of times the laces are in. That's why the holder gets it, puts it down, and spins it. Uh, because you want you're not really getting a flush kick on the ball if you're kicking the laces. So it's it's like the number one rule for a holder. Well, actually, get the ball down is number one. But uh, yeah, laces out, Dan. So, Ray Finkel did nothing wrong. It's honestly setting up to be the greatest thirty for thirty. Of all time, <laughs> they did a, he's a collegiate one, imagine they? a single world. season point leader and the distance leader, <laughs> and he and he joins the team mid season, and then it turns into green fucking gardens at the end when they go to the house with all this rundown shit. It's amazing. Well, he finds out that Ray Finkel was committed to hospital. His mental health declined so furiously after all the fallback from this missed field goal that he like crumbled. And Pappy, we get probably one of the least problematic mental institutions in film here portrayed, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Would you walk us through this one a bit? I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much as some other stuff. I mean, there, there are some times where Jim Carrey's jaw position might be a little bit questionable. <laughs> and, and kind of, I don't know. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but he's in a tutu and he's playing up the same type of like 
sports injury that like Ray Finkel had, right? Like he basically has severe CTE. He's like trapped in the game. But this is all a ruse so it can go through Ray Finkel stuff. I mean, I don't know. The, the, there are definitely some things that I object to in this movie, but the Jim Carrey acting a little bit crazy, that's pretty par on the course for the 90s. It doesn't really bother Doctor, me. Doctor, two movie club. I want to make some possible podcast history here. And one of my favorite, most memorable, unforgettable parts of this movie is when Ace Ventura does one of his plays as the mental patient in slow motion and then backwards. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I can, for this on this pod, play that scene in forwards and then reverse so we can hear what he says in reverse like do you guys think oh like did he george harrison this thing and like practice his words backwards paul is dead (laughs) (laughs) let's see that in an instant replay George Harrison played a lot of his guitar licks backwards for those Nick Cage Beatle maniacs. Yes, Brett. It was never my favorite scene growing up, but like uh, when I watched it as an adult and just even thinking about it before it came up, I started laughing. And it's like the, it shows like the brilliance of, I'm not a huge fan of physical comedy, but I mean, I mean, Jim Carrey does great when he's trying to get into the box like that. (laughs) It like makes me cringe thinking about how frustrating that would have been in real life. But it's so funny like, I, I'm guessing they just did it like a couple times and picked the best one. But like, I think it's so amazing. It looks so funny. He's trying so hard to get in the box, and he just—it's not happening. It's so good to me. Well, and he rips it at the end of the tape. Yeah. So how many times did they have to make a new tattered prop box for this scene? And, and this is my only critique of Pappy's. Like, he's actually a good detective. Theory is it's pure happenstance that he rips the box and he finds like a cut out of a newspaper article like under his ass after he rips the box yeah but um, he would have looked through it anyway right he would have grabbed it and taken it right mm-hmm. it felt like he was on his way before that dude started coming in the door guess we'll i never did not know. like your hot take right now jordan <laughs> ace ventura is not a good detective come on <laughs> but I was going to mention that he Wait, wait so, so Josh just warrior You set me up there What do you think about the mental institution portrayal? I just think it's really stereotypical here I think actually what Stevie talked about earlier With this person's only transgender Because they lost their mind yeah. Is more so the problematic part um, But speaking of Einhorn Ace, like Jordan says Finds the article Einhorn Lois Einhorn was actually a missing persons, a missing person. She was jogging one day. Missing, missing. She was a missing persons's. <laughs> uh, Stevie, I guess. How does a? How does like Ace put this all together that Finkel is Einhorn, and B, 
Do you think Ray Finkel always wanted to be a woman, or is it merely a disguise? See, that's what's so hard to tell. Disguise. Um, they leave none of those crumbs with the parents. You know, but how, how would they know, at least because they don't know Lois Einhorn. But uh, Ace and Einhorn have a makeout sesh in her office, and he makes the line, which seems like a joke at the time, but rather important. Um, I think he says that, you know, is, is that your gun in your pocket? Your gun is digging it, Your gun is digging into my hip. <sighs> gun is digging into my hip. Man, that seems like such Get a it? such a throwaway line, but man, this is good writing. When it comes back full circle, it's not a gun at all. It's actually a penis. Um, Did you notice the banana in between two apples on her desk? A subtle imagery to the yes. cock and balls. <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Get it? Did you also know the first time he sees Einhorn in the movie, he says, holy testicle Tuesday. <laughs> Whoa. There's so many breadcrumbs for and this. And that Was QT a ghostwriter on this? Was this a Quentin Tarantino ghostwriter three weeks in a <laughs> of row? Of course. No, this it is was. basically sleepaway camp right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. Um, Do you guys remember how he found, like, that last key moment where he, like, puts together that Einhorn is Finkel? Because it's pretty. It's kind of clever, I guess. With the dog? With the dog? Yeah, like a 1950s way. That's pretty clever, right? I think so. Yeah, but what is that song they keep on playing when people have to throw up when they find out that Lois is a man? Crying Game. Is that Culture Club? <sighs> Do you guys know about that is movie? Culture Club? The Crying Game that Dingo Ate Your Baby? No, not at all. In the, in the early 90s, there's a movie called The Crying Game, and it was like a really popular... Like, for then as popular as you could get indie hit and in the movie the guy is like has this really romantic affair with this younger woman and towards the end he's disrobing her and there's like this really famous scene where she just has a big old penis right in his face that movie is a little more like subtly done a little more educating on the whole trans topic I think if I remember correctly but in Are this- you saying that this is a parody of that moment? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, they play that same music. I see. Like, Twice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Boy George. But he scored the movie. This this stuff and like the end scene where he strips Einhorn down. Like, does it is it an unforgivable scene for you, Pap? Or like, where does this land on Seven Deadly Sins list? I guess. I don't know. I try to look up what people had to say about it, and not surprisingly, most people in the trans community pretty unanimously say it made them feel pretty shitty. Yeah. Growing up to see that, and and I think that like, I actually in a big coincidence, I just rewatched Silence of the Lambs the other day, and it's kind of a similar thing where Buffalo Bill is is wanting to become a woman. I'd I'd fuck me, uh, but when there's a very distinct difference in that, like the FBI director says to Clarice that that he's distinctly not a trans person that he he's trying to find like he 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 assumes all these different identities he's almost like a multi-personality type person instead of a trans person which i don't know i can't imagine like like i said growing up i don't this movie seems to have a pretty lowbrow humor it seems to be for very general audiences just the optics of jim carrey stripping down (laughs) a woman to reveal her penis aren't great and i'll close by saying that Joe Rogan said on an interview that 
uh, he considers this movie to be very transphobic, and I don't want to be less sensitive to the trans community than Joe Rogan <laughs> at any point in my life. So yeah, I would say it's pretty bad. There's a podcast called Is It Transphobic? And not surprisingly, Ace Ventura is the second episode. So spoiler alert, it is transphobic. Um, That's the podcast name? Is it transphobic? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the first episode? Joe Rogan. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. Should be like Eminem. I don't know what it is though. But <laughs> Jordan, I so wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I just yeah. not fair. You always fucking hang me out to dry like that. What does anybody not think this is transphobic on this podcast? Oh, it is very much so. All right, let's go through everyone one at a time. Well, I'm just asking. If <laughs> let's go east to now. east. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all in agreement. I thought that was a good. Okay. I thought that was a good call, Pappy. I mean, if anyone has anything else to say, I would love to give him a space. I mean, Pappy to, obviously I, picked you for a reason because you're like I'm just tired intelligent of getting hung out with all of the so, all of the SJW questions get hung out to me, and I got to expose you. Myself. Literally called me the social justice warrior. How can you say <laughs> I call you out? What do you mean? That's fair. <laughs> Redacted. I mean, there's there's that scene, the undressing. There's also the one where like he found he finds out that he kissed her and that she is actually a man and he like has to shower and like wash his mouth out with soap like all that stuff like it's all it it talks about that in like an interview that he's like oh i had to do it so over the top that it's obviously you know a parody of like what someone would think but it's it's not great still yeah no i i see what he's going for and the i mean obviously it's not that big a deal like if you kiss someone that yeah is or used to be the same gender as you like who grow the fuck up. i mean we've all kissed a man i'm sure right Probably. all right Probably. Uh, maybe i stand alone <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm done but like that's whole jim jim carrey is on the record saying that one he wouldn't do, he wouldn't want that scene to be the same today which i think is very telling if the person who did it says he wouldn't do it the same way but two he says that like the whole overreaction to kissing what turns out to be a man um and it's never sorry to digress there it's never they don't say trans do they no like it's not no it's go ahead brett no i mean i have really weird mixed feelings about this like obviously there's been transgender people forever um but trans stuff wasn't really in the zeitgeist it wasn't really a thing back then i think it's more of a uh if you want to be social justice about it i think it's more of a homophobic joke masquerading as a trans joke at the time i mean uh, i think it's kind of understood that you know yeah guy a guy kissing another guy is not a big deal but you should know if you're kissing a guy and I think you could easily argue that Ray Finkel is not a transgender. He's just hiding. Um, I know you talk about that. You don't really get it. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, there's a bunch of different things where we could say that he is hiding. And other things that we could say that he is trans. Um, obviously, looking back through that, like a 2020 lens, it's definitely problematic. The stripping scene, I actually never even thought about it being bad until you guys talked about it. And at the same time, I mean, she pretty much assaulted like 20 men and she just tried to kill a bunch of people. So I kind of can forgive that one, but I don't know. I think it's, does it, everyone get my homophobic 
I mean, because tra trans yeah, wasn't really a thing back there. The joke is they kissed a man, not like a woman who's pretend, uh, not pretending, a woman who is a man, or well, in this case, pretending to be a woman. I don't know. It's just yeah. And like yeah. looking back, it's like looking a, back, yeah. it's definitely transphobic. I think anyone who'd be lucky enough to kiss Sean Young, even a dude who looked like Sean Young, come on. I, I think it's more of a homophobic thing as opposed to, and I think you could argue that is not as well, but yeah. I, that was my thing. I have no problem with you guys' incredulity. I know you guys. I just, I have weird feelings about it, and I think I hate. I'm actually, I know, I, I'm know i 100% with you, but like uh, Jim Carrey's like defense, well, two things. One, Silence of the Lambs came out three years before this, and they do go out of the way to explicitly say that person is not trans. That person is masquerading as a trans person. So, I mean, it was at least to some extent in the zeitgeist enough where some creators were, were sensitive to that. But Jim Carrey's whole defense of that is that he, yeah, I'm totally with you on that point that he, he's being a homophobe. And he says now that you're supposed to laugh at Ace Ventura as a homophobe. But I just, I don't know if that worked for me only because of the fact that like, Jim Carrey is so magnetic, right? Like I like Jim Carrey in that it's hard to swallow that, that like interesting dynamic. Good detective is also like a super homophobic person. That kind of like just changes the whole flavor of the I character. Just, again, I just don't. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, even if it's not the Jim Carrey character, there's a lot of like when they find out, there's just a lot of like, ew, like that kind of thing. That's, it's, yeah. not, I thought, it's not great. I, I always thought the joke more was, that she just kisses. She likes kissing people. I mean, every single person on the force she's kissed. By the way, a lot of the time that we've seen her do it, she's not getting consent from anybody, but that's a different story for a different day. You should get to choose. I don't know. I, I, under, <laughs> I understand. I, I, I didn't mean the Just one last. I, th I think we're all on the I same think, Don't, don't yeah, get me wrong. Transvestite. Uh, transvestite, like Josh said, transsexual, was in the lexicon of the... Back then, I'm just saying the... Transgender's kind of be taking its own thing, but I mean, obviously, transvestites were a thing. Did he actually say transgender in Science of Lambs, or did he say transvestite? He says uh, it's actually not that great. He says transvestites are docile people by nature, so he does kind oh of like stereotype them <laughs> all there. But I mean, at least they went out of their way to say this: this psycho killer is not a, a, a transsexual person. Well, transsexual guess... and transvestite are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But just as a kid seeing this, and I've talked a couple times about how impressionable this movie was on me. Again, I think just seeing the woman or the man who's, quote, trying to be a woman as such a negative thing is... And it's not, like, all this movie's fault because, like, this movie is probably way more popular than it ever should have been or deserved to be. But <laughs> also, as a kid, I was confused as to if they were all just disgusted because they were looking at hemorrhoids. Like, I didn't exactly get... Because he's like, this is a penis or the worst case of hemorrhoids I've ever seen. I didn't like, get it as a kid. I thought that it was just chopped... I thought it was just chopped off penis in his... I mean, no, I just thought it looked unnatural. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, yeah, I didn't know what was going on, so... It's really weird. Einhorn's doing this, like, weird psycho dance, I guess, because she's in such pain because the balls are, like, pushed... <laughs> I think she's lost her mind. Oh I think God. she went back... I think she reverted back to, I mean, mental health. Her whole existence for the last decade or what's so has been revenge and she didn't get it and now she's exposed literally and figuratively 
So I think she's reverted back to maybe uh, a defense mechanism for something. I read quite a bit of the initial shooting script for this movie. I just want to read this part to you. Quote, Ace spins Einhorn around, exposing to the world the healthy set of male genitalia <laughs> that Finkel has learned to keep. She's learned to keep tucked between his legs. And then in quotes it says, and if we have any balls, we'll actually show it. Which I just think is a weird line note in a script, so I wanted to get Did that out into the world. George Lucas write that? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, yeah, when she got her pants taken off, she was... Written and directed by Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Stevie, can you round us out here? Finkel is Einhorn. She's guilty. Einhorn is Finkel. But Ray... Sorry, not Ray Finkel, but... Sorry, Ace Ventura hooks up with Marino, and they kind of ride into the sunset. How does the movie end? So, that's another confusing thing, is I thought the pigeon was going to be a great, like a way bigger deal than it was. Uh, but it just wasn't. But uh, I imagine, if I remember correctly, the uh, Dolphins ended up winning the Super Bowl. Did they say? Um, what's that? Just, I think it ends at halftime, actually. The movie ends when it's still Yeah, it ends up with him beating up the God, Philadelphia Eagles guy. God, that makes me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, yeah, so that that mascot uh, chases away the albino <laughs> pigeon. It does come into play, which we don't get until the sequel. But it's not a pigeon; it's an albino bat. Because oh. I mean, both movies have to have albino, obviously, for continuity purposes. But um, <laughs> yeah, it literally just ends with Ace beating the ever-loving shit out of this Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles mascot. Um. And Marino's kind of just like, yeah, that's the guy who saved my life. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much how it how it ends. Stevie, over or under Dan Marino as better than the average actor in this movie? <laughs> Marino does like being in movies. I mean, he was Dan Marino in Bad Boys too. People forget. Um, it's like Kathy try. Griffin. He likes to play himself. He likes to play himself. Uh... Marino is better than average. I would no. say I'd say no. he'd be great if not for that line when he's getting carried out when he's like, "What is the rewrites?" Like, <laughs> like anyone with a brain could have just been like, "We're gonna just not have that in there." What is it's this just... a rewrite? Can I get a cut? Is there an executive producer nearby? Lights, <laughs> yeah. camera, action. Like I mean, it's also strange that like cut? you have. I mean, in the '90s, one of the most famous quarterbacks of all time. And you're not going to have security on set, or he's not going to have his own security with him. Very strange. <laughs> a lot of security things in this movie, like how the dolphin's owner at the beginning of the movie puts like the whole impetus of this missing dolphin on the op sky and the chief yeah. publicist. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. That gets a little beneath them. It's kind of like the security's job, or at least like the grounds people. I don't know. Or that the dolphin is just hanging out in like an above ground pool. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) All night. (laughs) Well, this is spoilers, and we just got through the movie's plot. Usually we like to go into a little segment where we just kind of throw out some tidbits or favorite parts. So, guys, what were your tidbits and favorite parts? This last couple weeks, and just in general, I think uh, think it was one of... Some of you know, Mike. I think Tim Dawson and I really like to do it, but 
I've been doing it for the last couple weeks is I'll just say lovely party Peter wasn't invited and like move my lips around I don't know why that cracks me <laughs> up so much so just wanted to say that the line oh the bitch did make me laugh <laughs> it's just such a, it's a really good misdirection <laughs> it got me I have to steal Kylo's my sister and I watched this movie quite a bit growing up and we go to Florida every year as a family but um when we get New England clam chowder down there, none of my family gets it except for my sister. When we go, was that the red or the white? Like, yep. That stayed with me my entire life, so there you go. Well, Josh, I know you had some quotes that stuck with you your whole life. I also have a couple, so we'll see if there's any crossover here. I was a really annoying little dipshit kid in elementary school. <laughs> that would quote the fuck out of this movie like and i wouldn't even really try to do like the impressions i would just like say the lines like all the time so here are a couple of mine at the very end when einhorn tries to tackle him he goes quick decision and he like throws her into the water that's when i used to say quick decision here's one that makes no sense i would say good question iguata when someone would ask me something you were that kid? <laughs> Die of gonorrhea and rotten hell. Oh my god. I thought that was a fucking good zinger. <laughs> and uh, this was probably one I used the most. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. <laughs> That's a great dad joke that I use to this day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of yours, Josh? I was saving those for my yes or no, actually, Kylo. So, Or Corey. Corey Kylo. Jordan, do you remember I, me watching this? It, like, did you like this? You're a few years younger than me. I'm very curious as to what just your idea of this movie is. It's really weird because I remember watching it with you like a ton. But when we actually started the movie, I was like, I have no idea what actually happens here. Like, it was actually, it seemed like a pretty fresh watch. Um, I actually, I, I had a question though. I, I kept asking myself like, who is this movie for? Because there's some pretty serious shit in here. There's like multiple sex scenes, a lot of like cursing, and also a suicide. And I can't figure out like what, what's the target audience for this? Because it seems like you guys liked it as kids, and like obviously I did. I watched it a bunch with you, brother Josh. Is that what it is? But so many like eight to twelve year olds loved it too, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm this saying. This is a four like, quadrant it... film. This is for the entire family. You're probably right. <laughs> oh, I mean, families probably it... went to go see this in theaters. One hundred percent. It's not like a Disney movie where it's like, oh, the parents pick up on this like subtle shit. It's like, no, a guy jumps off a building and commits suicide slash is murdered. Yeah, and like, like there's a like a cock and balls in underwear because yeah. he found someone's dick. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't figure it out. Yeah, the sex scene with Courtney Cox with the bed just like banging against the wall is kind of hard to explain away <laughs> to a young kid. <laughs> Sounds like that might be about all of the tidbits. We're tapering out a bit here. So let's get into yes or no's. Uh, let's just go in the same order we did, even though it wasn't exactly east to east at the top of the pod. So... Corey, you're first. Okay. It's a no dog. Not good. <laughs> Not funny. I don't like it. It didn't age well. 
<laughs> I, uh, Jim Carrey bothers me. Tone Loke is in this movie for some reason. I don't know, man. I don't really like anything about this, uh, except for maybe doing this podcast on it. So that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, you no, know, yeah, I shouldn't be that harsh. I like Udo Kier. I like the little, the very small bit we get with Mr. Shikadance fucking on Ace Ventura's ass. He's the landlord. Sean Young's pretty cool. She's a good looking lady. That's it. No. Pat. Yeah, it's a no dog a for no me dog. as well. Um, I I actually do think that you should see this movie, especially if you're younger than us and maybe it wasn't a part of you. One, just because I think that the gender stuff is interesting and I think people younger than us are even more interested than that in that. And so I, I think it's interesting to see how tastes have changed. But two, we really kind of downplayed this, but I think you should see this movie because this is the coming out party of the last great big screen comedy star i mean adam sandler's had a life on netflix but i don't think there will ever be a person in you know box office movies a box office draw comedy movies as big as jim carrey and like his year in 94 is such a monster year whether or not i like this movie i do like those other two movies a little bit more mask and dumb and dumber uh he's great his energy level is great i think the physical comedy he does is great i i don't like a lot of the jokes though it just didn't make me laugh a lot of times a lot of the words aren't funny but jim carrey's body language does amuse me i I think the film's at war with itself a lot like it doesn't know if it wants us to like jim carrey or not like jim carrey i think it suffers for that and yeah the the stuff at the end with the the transgender stuff is is pretty gross so it's a it's a no dog for me but i do think it's a worth worthy checkout uh if you haven't seen it uh who is next Stevie? Ah, uh, sure, I'll go. Um, this is a no dog. Um, I think the memory of this movie is greater than the actual experience. I remember liking it as a kid, but like as I grow older, like I just didn't find myself laughing, like really that much at all. And this movie, I mean, is problematic. Uh, as far as like social issues, social issues go, and this treatment of like homophobia and transphobia, but also just, I mean, I didn't really understand like the movie was spliced together in a very strange way. It was hard for me to watch, um, especially just just because I mean it's kind of skit comedy. Ace Ventura has no arc whatsoever. Like he, it, it's just strange. So. Um, yeah, this is a no dog. I think I went next. Um, also, one more oh, thing, yeah. Josh, care if I interject? Yeah, yeah. Kylo brought up Tone Loke. Um, he was in a movie that came out a little bit after this, which is the greatest bank robbery movie of all time called Heat. If you haven't watched that movie, stop what you're doing and watch <laughs> it. Classics, please. Man, I thought you were going to give Surf Ninjas a shout out. <sighs> and Surf Ninjas, too. Tone Loke <laughs> had, had a run. Heat is classic I mean, spoilers. Bebe's kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just watch Heat. Episode 89. And I'm Spoils. probably going to do a three-hour commentary on that movie at some point for this podcast, so just watch it. <laughs> so some lines from this movie from Jim Carrey that will never leave my lexicon. All righty, then. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. Like a glove. Le who's a her. 
And this last one might be my favorite, even though it's not from Jim Carrey. But when the mascot from the Eagles says, yeah, blow me. Like, I use that all the time in elementary school. And I had no idea what it meant. So. You shouldn't say that to your students. What? <laughs> when I was in elementary school. Good joke, Kyle. Um, I'll give this movie a soft yes, just because mostly I picked it. I think Jim Carrey, he's a funny guy. He's classic cinema character. And if you want to really like study him and like kind of like Pabby said, like his coming out party, like this is it. And you got to watch this and the mask and dumb and dumber and probably like Batman forever and the cable guy too. Liar, <laughs> yeah, liar. Like there's some of his that you, I think have to watch to really see where he and all of us were kind of at at the time. But just for the nostalgia alone and despite the problematic parts, which do not age well, um, I'll give it a super soft yes. So let's head on up Ooh. north to hey. my brother Jordan. <laughs> up up net, uh, hey, my opinion. I edited that part of me out, so that makes no sense what you just said. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's it's going to be a soft no for me. It was going to be a hard no, but I'm going to channel my money mic here and like thank Christ that it was only like an hour and 27 minutes or something like that. Um, so it wasn't too bad. Pappy, we can have a maybe after credits discussion or a, a thread discussion about like big kickoffs for comedians because I think there's a, a few contenders there. Um, like who? Yeah, it's a weird one. I did learn that I think Steve Carell and Will Ferrell would be would be up there. Will Ferrell. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know if Will Ferrell reached the same heights as Jim Carrey, but it's I, I think it's close at least. I don't know. Just just a discussion, lighthearted, you know. <laughs> Um, I did learn that Courtney Cox's name has like an extra E in it this, in there somewhere, and I thought they made a typo in the uh, in the credits, but it's nice that they made like a little a little Cougar Town crossover here. Um, but yeah, it's a soft no for me, dog. There's actually a ton of typos in the script that I read. Like it's kind of ridiculous. It looks like they threw this thing together on a bunch of cocaine overnight, which may be partially true. <laughs> Brett, you are the last yes or no. Okay, yeah, this is gonna be a hard yes for me. <laughs> Let's um, go. <laughs> I make it a rule not to judge old movies by different lenses. That's not what I do. Um I enjoyed this, uh, sure. I, if you heard my speech earlier again, and I hope I, I hope I said that respectfully because I I, I meant nothing but respect for it. But I yeah. So uh, yeah, I think this movie's hilarious still. I mean, obviously it's not as hilarious as it was when I was a kid, um, but there's still so many things that I say. Uh, like I will say, like a glove, um, and like I said, yeah. the uh, lovely party and. Uh, I, I just enjoy this movie. Uh, I, I've watched it maybe, you know, every every couple of years. I watch it in college a bunch and uh, watch it whenever it's on TV. So it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is not as funny as it was when I was a kid because I've watched it growing up. So uh, definitely a hard yes for me. I also, uh, somebody asked about Tone Loke earlier. Funnily enough, his second biggest song was called Funky Cold Medina. And it is kind of about a potion that allows you to date rape people and 
funnily enough, the person he's trying to get with turns out to be a cross-dresser. So, um, maybe that's why he's in the movie. That's like Jordan and I's dad's like favorite song. <laughs> he knows every That's word. considered a very <laughs> I'm not problematic even song these days, but again, I don't do that, so uh, I respect and everything, all you guys' stuff, but I don't look at it that way, and uh, hard yes. Brett, what's your more memorable line? That lovely party line or Jane Silent Bob? Oh, what a lovely tea party. Probably the Jim Carrey one. There's other Jay and nah. Silent Bob quotes I like more, probably. No tick. No tick. He doesn't know who the force is. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, one last tidbit I wanted to give out before we hit up trivia is that a lot of people know that Ace Ventura's character is basically based on a lot of the characters he did in, in Living Color the early 90s like sketch show with the Waynes brothers but he actually like this blew my mind researching for this pod the term all righty then actually stems from that show too and it's from a character he played called overly confident gay man gay man and I'm gonna play a clip of that now and when we come back we're gonna hit up trivia hi Uh, is this line for heterosexuals only? Uh, no. Good, because I'm gay. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's go have a drink. I know a bar called the Pile Driver. You might be interested. In Shall we go? Excuse me, everyone. Gay people coming through! So who's ready for trivia? Yeah. <laughs> We've played this game before, and we're not going to play Mikey's version. We're going to play Josh's version. It's called Movie Golf. I don't know why it's called Movie Golf. It's just called Trivia Golf, I guess. But I'm going to have three questions, and everyone will answer. And the further you are from the answer, the more strokes you get. And at the end, whoever has the least strokes win. Um, Brett, you hosted most recently with Never Ending Story, so you are going to go first on all of these, unless Jordan, you did Return to Paradise long, long ago. <laughs> oh, so long ago. If I ask a question, because no one can say the same answer twice, you can interject yourself anywhere in the order. What, whenever I want? Exactly. This feels rigged. What's the difference between Mikey's rules? Mikey had like, you could get like an eagle or a par or a birdie or whatever. Mine is just straight up strokes for how far away you are from the actual answer. There's no hole in one. Oh, jeez. If you get a hole in one in this, you just get zero strokes for that hole. You don't automatically. Thank you. That rule. But you're going to say the answer after everyone guesses or what? That's how I won last week. So that rule is awesome. After Josh wins, I'm cheating. Yeah, and now we don't get that same opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. LeBron Lames, Josh. (laughs) That you're rubbing in our face right now. (laughs) All right. Well, the first question. And Brett, you're up first, unless Jordan interjects. But Jim Carrey. We all know he acted like a toddler in this movie, but what age was he actually at the time of filming? 29. 
Stevie. Stevie, are you with us? Oh, you said my name? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Oh, Stevie's I'll... researching. No, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, what Brett say, 29? I'll say 30. Corey? You can't choose the same answer, right? Correct. Uh, what an advantage. 28. Okay. 27. And Jordan? I'll say 31. The actual retail price was thirty-two. <gasps> God damn it! Let's Jordan go. has one stroke. Uh, Pappy has five. Everyone else is kind of in between. Um, so now we enter into our second question. Uh, Fosta was a rhino thought to be the oldest rhino ever. Died in Tanzania. Uh, how old what the was she? Dang. Okay, I have no idea. We love animal questions on this pod. It's the best. I will say uh, 31. Basically the same age as Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) Stevie. Uh, Rhinos? How long do rhinos even live? I'll say 47. I chose this question because uh, I, I basically chose Ace Ventura 1 so I can get to Ace Ventura 2 <laughs> on the <Yes>. spot. <laughs> Corey, you're up. What was Stevie's? 47? He said 47. 50. <sighs> Pat. 51. Jode. 52. <laughs> Jode. <laughs> The actual retail price. Not great, Bob. (laughs) This Foster the Rhino, who was first sighted in the Nora, Nora, uh, how do you say it, Pap? Gonora Nora Crater? Bora, I don't know. I've never been. (laughs) (laughs) They found her when she was like three, and she died when she was 57. (gasps) Jordan's closest again with a total strokes of looks six. like we're not I feel young guns too coming looks like we're not doing spoilers for another glory. six months <laughs> <laughs> oh come on pappy you're at 11 Corey, you're also at 11 uh stevie you're at 12 so there's a big cluster in there and brett with the guess of 31 <gasps> ouch 26 points on that so you're at 29 <sighs> Wait, that can't be right, Brett. Yeah, Brett, don't don't yeah, feel sorry. bad because Josh one time guessed that a wolf weighs like fifty thousand pounds. So. He guessed fourteen hundred pounds on the gray, and I'll <laughs> never let him. Well documented. That's a big wolf, then, guys. <laughs> anyway, the last question, and I had a joke leading up to this, but so I guess I'll just say this can joke anyway. But the man, gray episode one thirty five. I haven't seen this many animals on film since Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, no. Since, mm. <laughs> so my question is, how many animals did they bring to set in Swiss Family Robinson? Oh, fuck Christ! On camera or just to set? To set. <laughs> Ugh. Are these the ones they tortured, or the one they, or the ones they filmed? Oh boy! I think they tortured all of them. All right. Yeah. Do they do they count the ones that died, or were those covered up? In well, the I haven't seen Switch <laughs> Family Robinson in twenty five years, so I will say one hundred and six. <laughs> what? 
It seems like a lot. Got to got to go big. Brett said 106. Uh, Brett said 106. Yep. <sighs> I think he's 15 strokes off. <laughs> uh, let's go uh, 176 there, Bob. Oh my! Everyone thought 106 was a lot, and Stevie ups it by <laughs> 70. <laughs> Corey, I, don't even know. I just trusted my gut there, Bob. Uh, 105. <laughs> it's getting political, folks. Pappy, uh, Jordan, this. Jordan, this is your last chance I'm good, I'm good. to move your order. Okay. Give me the Pat. guesses again. Yes. Yeah, Bryce said 106. Stevie said 170. Why, Corey? And Corey tucked right in, right below Brett with 105. 107. <gasps> 104. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what is, is Stevie win? So the actual Shit. amount of animals um, to set, they brought one tiger, two anacondas, six hyenas. This is bullshit already. Four <laughs> They killed zebras. four tigers on set. <laughs> Excuse me, Jordan. Four zebras, six, six ostriches, two elephants, two giant tortoises, eight dogs, 40 monkeys, <laughs> and... Oh, there it is. <clears throat> one... Hundred flamingos. Oh no! Putting the total at one seventy-one. No way! What? You are the Let's winner go! with seventeen total strokes in, t- in the trivia. Stevie, golf guy. <laughs> Big golf Huge guy. Nowadays. Golf guy. Josh, be golfing tomorrow. <laughs> I think we're golfing tomorrow, bro. No, we, but no, before every golfing, I'll book the tee time yeah. now. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We'll golf, but okay, before good. we get to that. <laughs> Let's throw it to Spoiler Man so that Stevie can think of an actual thing, which is our movie for next week. <laughs> Take go. it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us through Spoiler Man there. Um, I hope you guys like his voice as much as we do. Right, Pap? He says, we paid him five bucks for like 300 shows. <laughs> He's got some dulcet tones. Yeah. It's, uh, if he knew how much we used him, I, I think we even signed a thing we wouldn't use him commercially. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Stevie, you won trivia <laughs> with your great guess of 176 animals in Swiss Family Let's Robinson. Let's go. What movie do you want to cover next week? Oh, I was going to pick a Van Damme, and I did, we're just going to have to wait. I was going to do a hard target, but we're just going to have to wait. Um, Pap reminded me of a movie from my childhood that I watched so many times that is such a blatant knockoff of Star Wars, and I love this movie. We're going to do 1984's The Last Starfighter, hmm. which I, I, I'm guessing no one has seen it. Is this like Ice Pirates? It. Uh, it's this like a is video better. game movie, right? What's that? It's like a video game player. Yeah, it's a video game movie, and I love it. Never it's getting remade. It. Is it really? Yep. Well, it takes the shine off it. <sighs> but yeah, Last Starfighter. Um, it makes it more relevant, Stevie. Great, up-to-date pick. Um, I just want to tell our listeners, thank you for 
like I don't know. This movie got a lot of no's, so I guess uh, like sticking through this movie of Jim Carrey acting like a giant grown man bird, acting like a toddler or something. We really appreciate you listening to the end of these podcasts, and if you can, maybe subscribe to us on YouTube click the like button on youtube maybe subscribe on itunes but um spoiler man over here i mean spoiler man doesn't really give him the up-to-date stuff we probably should pay spoiler man another five dollars but <laughs> we own uh, that <laughs> we have a new theme song so i hope that's taking us out right now um thanks for listening that was spoiler judge you of course it's not gonna be good it's the high school band is it elvin related Corey? <laughs> what is it like elvin you said it was lord of the rings is it like an elf that's the biggest hint i'm gonna give it's a lord of the rings is it orc blood with an exclamation well, point at the blood. end can you at least tell us what race it deals with orc men orc blood we, would be it, a great metal elvish band. uh is it the mire is it the humans or the Bias? orcs is it called We Cannot Wield It? <laughs> yeah, is it a quote? Uh, it's actually, so, nah, you know. No, Corey! Ah! Please! Corey, please. We can, we can make Google t-shirts. search of it right now. Please tell me the hijack is still running. For it's all still these. running. You cannot dangle something out like that and yeah. then never you tell. Got, you yeah. bake the cake, you gotta serve it, Corey. The band is called. Let's go. <laughs> he muted his mic. What? What is the band called? Come on. <laughs> I made you leave. Oh no! <laughs> this is a new spoilers mystery that we will uncover. Don't worry. It's just a matter of time, Corey. It's gonna be on your terms or our terms at this point. Many, many people have been doxxed. <laughs>